Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, we're going to talk about how to create a classroom management plan that works and gives you the confidence you need to create a smooth running class. First, I want to tell you, we want to thank our sponsor, AACS. If you're looking for an opportunity to teach in a conservative Christian school classroom, the American Association of Christian Schools has a job placement services that might be perfect for you. AACS represents 700 conservative Christian schools, and many of them are looking for additional teachers. Their placement service is a great place for you to connect with Christian schools that are looking for teachers like you. To register, go visit aacs.org and click the red placement service box on the right. You'll then be presented with a statement of faith that will help determine if a conservative AACS school is the right fit for you, and you'll be directed from there. This placement service is free for teachers looking for opportunities in Christian schools. So head to aacs.org and click the red placement service box on the right. Today, we're talking about how to create a classroom management plan that works and gives you the confidence you need to create a smooth running class. Why are we talking about this right now at the end of the year? Well, because this is a great time to evaluate how was classroom management this year? Did it go pretty well? Were things crazy the entire year and you were exhausted and felt like you could barely teach and it was just just insane? Take a second and take stock of how classroom management has been going this year. Because if it didn't go the way you wanted, if you really wish your class ran more smoothly and students paid attention and you had fewer disruptions so that you could actually teach, then the time to change that is over the summer. And we want to help you plan for that. I'll tell you more about this at the end of the program, but we are creating a special class this summer that starts in July. We purposely don't start it until July, so you can take the month of June and just relax. But starting in July, we will help you create a classroom management plan and know how to implement it so that it will actually work and you'll have the confidence you need to create a smooth running class. We're talking about this now so that if you recognize this is an issue, you can plan. But whether or not you're able to join us for this class, today I want to talk about how do you do that? How do you create a plan that you can implement that will actually make your classroom run smoothly, that will reduce the disruption so you can teach and your students can learn? And I really believe the key to that is having a written plan. Okay, written plan. Let's start with plan and then I'll talk about written. So a plan is so important because a lot of times um, the chaos in our classroom comes because we as teachers don't really have a plan for how we're going to handle issues. Um, we So we kind of deal with it really inconsistently or we don't deal with it at all because we just kind of don't know what to do. So a plan is really important and a written plan is even more valuable. Because when a plan is in our head, it's actually a lot fuzzier than we realize. There's a lot of wiggle room for us to not really know what we're going to do, even if we think we do. So for for example, if I were to say, um, you know, what do you do if we if we were to say, OK, how am I going to handle talking? Well, like I, I know what to do. OK, like. <laughs> That is really fuzzy. Or maybe I'll be like, well, I'll just tell him to stop. And like, we can kind of think that, oh, yeah, I've thought through all these areas. 
But when you have to write down, what am I going to do? It forces you to actually see, do I actually have a plan? Or is it just kind of like really fuzzy in my head and I actually don't have a plan? Or I only have part of a plan. I don't actually know what I'm going to do. I don't actually know what I'm going to say. So writing it down, you force yourself to actually decide ahead of time how you're going to handle various situations. And that is so valuable. This written plan gives you confidence and helps you be consistent. Confidence and consistency are huge in our classroom management. They're intangible. Um, Consistency students can notice, but confidence is something that they notice too without realizing it. They don't say, oh, my teacher's confident, but they can sense that. And when you're confident and consistent, that is sending huge signals to your students that they need to get on board and they need to take you seriously and they need to um, follow the instructions and the procedures that you've set out for your class. On the other hand, when you're not confident and you're not consistent, that sends huge signals too that, you know, we can kind of get away with a lot of stuff and we can take advantage and it doesn't really matter if we do what we're supposed to. So when you're confident and you're consistent, it's intangible, but it's it's really the difference between the teacher students respect and listen to and the teacher whose students walk all over them. So a written plan is is so valuable. So if you've been struggling, well, first of all, let me say this. You might say, well, not all teachers have a written plan. Listen, if you're a veteran that knows what you're doing and is really confident in your classroom management, you don't need a written plan anymore. Just like a master chef doesn't need a recipe. They're inventing stuff in their head because they really know what they're doing. But a beginning cook who's hardly ever cooked a meal definitely wise to have a recipe that they're following. So that's what we're doing. We're creating the written recipe. So if what you're doing isn't working, I highly recommend putting together a written plan over the summer. As I said, you don't have to do it right now. Take a break, um, but plan some time on your schedule to sit down and actually make a written plan. And as I said, we're happy to help you with it um, in our new program, Your Smooth Running Class, which I'll share with you more about in a little bit. So there's five steps when you're sitting down and writing your written plan. The first step is to clarify your expectations. So, so many issues arise in our class because we actually haven't thought through what we expect of students. Sometimes we assume students, they like know, they just know what they should do without defining what exactly that looks like. So it's very important that we think through every area of our classroom and actually spend time deciding what behavior is and isn't appropriate. So here's just some examples of the types of questions we want to ask ourselves. Um, how should students enter the classroom? Are they Do they go straight to their desk? Are they allowed to visit with friends? What's the expectations there? How should students sit at their desks? When is talking permitted and when is it not? And what level is appropriate? Are students allowed to blurt out answers without raising their hand? If so, when and when not? For what reasons are students allowed to get out of their seat? Um, will students be held responsible if they fail to bring certain supplies or will you provide extras? What do you expect from students regarding participation and effort? Um, what, when are students allowed to use the restroom? Um, what does it look like for students to treat others with respect? And what does it look like when they're not respectful? Okay, these types of questions are getting at clarity because if you're not clear in your own mind, what is an issue in your classroom and what, what, 
like what's the problem and what you want it to look like, you can never communicate that with your students and you also won't have confidence in your mind of knowing what to address and what not to. So getting clear on your expectations is really key and writing that down can be immensely helpful as well. So that's step one, clarify your expectations. Step two, determine smart procedures. Now, expectations and procedures are sometimes lumped together, but I think it's helpful to think of them separately. What I mean here is when I say expectations, I'm thinking more about behavior. What type of behavior am I expecting in all these various situations? Procedures are about like what is actually happening in the class. So for example, a procedure for passing in papers would be, okay, you know, the papers start over here, then we're going to pass them to the left, and then we're going to pass them back, and then what do we do with the stack when it's done? Like that's the procedure, right? Or the procedure for um, restroom time would be, okay, we're going to line up here, this many students will go in at a time, those types of things. Now, there's they, they can, they do meld together and don't worry about, you know, don't worry if they're blending together. That's totally fine. So for example, my procedure for the restroom break would also include maybe expectations for how students will behave, right? We, I need with both expectations and procedures for restroom break time or for the start of class or for homework. Um, so they, they do kind of overlap. But when you're thinking about procedures, you're thinking specifically about what, the tactical piece of it. Tactically, what are we going to do? How is this going to work in all these different areas of the classroom? And there's so many areas, again, to think through. Start of class, restroom breaks, passing in papers, grading papers, signing out hall passes, getting tissues. How do we go over homework? What do we do with late work? What do we do when students are absent? Lining up, panning back papers, regaining attention, emergency drills, and there's so many more, okay? We want to think through basically every area of your class. Think through how do we do this? And think through, this is the key question to ask. What would help this run smoothly and efficiently? If you are a new teacher and you've never taught before, you have to think through literally every area, okay? If you've taught in the past, you can kind of take a little bit of a shortcut and just ask yourself, which areas were really chaotic? Which things did not go smoothly? What what areas, um, you know, things just kind of got a little crazy? And those are the areas you want to rethink and ask, how should we, what should this look like? How, what would make this run more smoothly? And rethink those procedures. And once again, write them down because when you write it down, it forces all of the iffiness and the fuzziness out. It forces you to get really clear on exactly what you want it to look like. All right, so step one, clarify expectations for behavior. Number two, determine smart procedures. Number three, plan positive reinforcement. We definitely don't want negative attention to be the main way students get attention from us, right? Correction and all that. We, um, both natural consequences and positive benefits occur every day in real life. So it's great when our classrooms reflect that reality. What I'm saying is we definitely should plan ways to positively reinforce good behavior, good actions, and all the things that our students are doing that we want to encourage. It's good to plan this so that it doesn't fall through the cracks, okay? So once again, you can say, oh yeah, I always, I'm always encouraging. I, I, I'll do that for sure. But if you don't plan it, 
it may or may not happen as much as you want. So it's good to spend a little time in your classroom management plan thinking about how am I going to have positive reinforcement. So there's a couple different ways this can look. You could have a structured reward or encouragement system. Um, you know, there's all kinds of ways teachers have do that. Do this um, class dojo. Um, you know, class economy points, sticker charts, whatever it is. You can have like a structured program. Or it can be more spontaneous, right, where you just do it as it makes sense. But you want to think through and plan that. Otherwise, as I said, it may fall through the cracks. So even if you're like, I'm not going to have an official system. I'm just going to give my encouragement and my rewards more spontaneously. You still want to think ahead of time, okay, what are some things I want to look for? What are some things I want to acknowledge and encourage? Um, Once again, if you're a new teacher, you definitely want to think that through. If you're a veteran, you can kind of be more reflective and think, okay, do I feel like I gave enough positive encouragement to my to my students last year? Um, if so, great. Um, if not, let me think through how I can be more intentional with this. What ways that I can actually um, plan more positive reinforcement and encouragement for my students? And by the way, if you need some reward ideas that are free or inexpensive, um, head to teachfortheheart.com slash 131 or go back and listen to podcast episode 131 and you'll get all kinds of great reward ideas there. All right, so, so far we've looked at expectations, procedures, positive reinforcement. The next step is logical consequences. So we want to plan what are some consequences that we can use in our classroom as they're needed. And if you're actually not sure um, if consequences should be part of your classroom, we're actually addressing that question. Are consequences biblical? Should they be part of our classroom? Um, in next week's Quick Thought episode. So make sure you're subscribed to the Teach for the Heart podcast to get that episode coming out um, here next week about our consequences biblical. Um, but we're going to talk about here how to actually plan this, okay? So the first thing you want to do with consequences is start by understanding your school's discipline system um, first, okay? So make sure you understand your school's discipline system. You know what consequences are available to you there and what types of offenses are supposed to result in certain consequences in your school-wide system. It's important to start there. Make sure you understand that um, and have that incorporated into your classroom first. Um, depending on how your school is structured and your grade and all of that, that might cover most things or that might cover hardly anything. Um, so once you make sure you understand your school's discipline system, then you want to consider what misbehavior or issues are not covered there and find some consequences to fill in those holes, okay? Um, So you want to think through um, what other consequences, uh, what consequences could I use beyond that? So for example, um, when I was teaching, our school had detentions. So that was part of the school-wide discipline system and they were appropriate for certain offenses. But detention was a very big deal at the school that I taught. It was two hours long and it cost $20. So it was not designed for like really small in fractions like just talking in class or you know just small things like that um so i we came up a lot of the teachers came up with smaller consequences that they could use for smaller offenses and 
saved the detentions for bigger or um, repetitive issues. Um, so that's what I'm talking about, where you can come up with some more um, smaller consequences that you can use as needed um, and to fill in some of those holes. So if you're not sure what ideas to use, we do have a consequence ideas list. We will link to it in the notes for this episode, um, which are at teachfortheheart.com slash 186. So teachfortheheart.com slash 186. We'll be sure to li- uh, link to our consequence idea list so you can download that. Once you've chosen your logical consequences, we come to step five. And this, I believe, is really the most important part, but you can't get to this until you go through the other steps. And that is planning how to respond. So what you want to do is plan what you're actually going to say or do when various behaviors occur. And this is where the rubber meets the road, and this is where you really get your confidence and where you can really be consistent. So first, of course, you're going to plan your positive reinforcement. So go back to what you've planned for positive reinforcement and actually think about, well, what am I actually going to say when I'm encouraging students for their behavior, right? And think that through. What will I actually say? Maybe even practice it. Write it down uh, so that you're ready to go. And then thinking through misbehavior. You want to plan exactly what you'll say and how you'll respond to all kinds of common classroom issues. So you want to think like, okay, if a student's talking without permission, what am I going to say? Write it down. Um, If they're blurting answers, if they're disrupting class, if they're disrespectful, if they're rude to classmates, if they get out of their seat, if they're not completing their work. um, Think through all these areas. Think, what am I going to do um, when students, um, when students, have do these things. How am I going to respond? And that involves both thinking like, how am I going to, how, like, what am I going to do? And how exactly am I going to say it? Write out exactly what you're going to say. And that can so helpful. If you've been struggling, that level of detail in your plan will give you so much confidence and help. Before we finish this episode, I want to give you actually some I, some practical ideas. I will say in our I only we only have so much time in this episode and there's so much more under each of these points that I really wanted to say that we just didn't have time for that we're going to go through in so much detail in the class this summer. It's called Your Smooth Running Class and we're going to it's going to be 6 weeks long and we're actually going to help you in each one of these areas. We're going to help you for clarify expectations. We're going to have a list. Here's all the expectations you need to think through, and here's ideas for each one of them. And if you're not sure, we have mentors there to help you know what to do. Same thing for procedures. We're going to say, here's all the areas you need to think through. Go ahead and think through all of them. And if you're not sure what to do, come back and ask us for help, and we're there to help. We're going to have coaching calls, a Facebook group where you can ask mentors for help. I'm really excited about it. So anyhow, we're going to be able to get into so much more detail. We're going to have training videos with specifics about all of these. Um, So I don't have time for all that here, obviously, or this would be a really long episode, way too long. But I do want to give you just like a little, a few ideas of how you can respond. High level, as I said, we're going to go into these in way more detail in your smooth running class. But high level here, here are some of the different ways you can respond to misbehavior. One option is to have students redo it the right way. Uh, So for example, if a student runs into class, you can say, you need to go back out and come in correctly. So that could be a response that you plan. For this infraction, I'm going to make them redo it right. Um, A redirect can be part of it. Redirect is when you um, kind of just divert students' attention, where you just kind of refocus them on what they should be doing. That can be an appropriate way to deal with certain issues. 
A quick correct can be another option. So certain things just need a quick correction. So for example, if a student has a head on the desk, uh, they don't need a consequence, probably. Uh, you can just say, uh, George, please sit up. Okay, it's just like a quick correct can be your planned response to certain to certain issues. But you want to plan that. You want to think, what am I going to say so that I'm ready and I know what I'm going to do? Um, a warning system can be really helpful. If you've been listening to this podcast long, you've heard me talk a lot about warning systems. Um, we t- we're going to we teach them detail in the class, and um, we- we'll link to uh, we'll link to other episodes where we talk more about that. But a warning system is basically where you give students official warnings with a yellow card or class dojo or writing names on the board or something like that, where you give them warnings. For this works really well for things like talking, um, where you would give them one or two war- official warnings where there's no consequences and a consequence wouldn't happen until like maybe the third offense in the given class period, um, which allows you to address the issue quickly before it escalates, but without giving a million little consequences. So a warning system can be really helpful for certain things. Um, consequences are sometimes the plan for certain things. There's certain things that might result in an immediate consequence that you can have ready, or there's certain offenses where a consequence wouldn't be right away, but if it continues, then it would result in a consequence. Pocket phrases are also so helpful. Love and Logic has a lot of these, um, but an example of a pocket phrase is something like, I care about you too much to argue with you. (laughs) So that's a phrase where it's like, okay, anytime a student's arguing with me, I can pull out that phrase. I care about you too much to argue. Um, And I I say it consistently. So certain things can have a pocket phrase um, where you, they're called that because you pull them out of your pocket and you have them ready to go and you use them repeatedly. repeatedly. Sorry. Um, So having pocket phrases can be really helpful. And then I definitely recommend that you have a catch-all phrase that you can use whenever there is something that you don't know what to do. So as much as you plan, there's always going to be something that throws you off that you're like, wow, I never thought to plan for that, right? That is just a teacher's life. So you want to have a catch-all phrase ready that you can pull out and use um, if you don't know what to do. Um, So two examples, one that I've used a lot is see me after class. (laughs) Just say, so-and-so, see me after class. And so that shows the whole class, okay, she's going to deal with it, um, but you don't have to deal with it right that second. You have some time to think about it before after class. Um, Another one that you can use, and this one comes from Love and Logic, I'm going to have to do something about that. Similar idea, right? It shows the whole class and that student that you're going to do something about it, um, but it gives you time to think about it before you come back and actually address it. So having a catch-all phrase, super valuable as you're planning your response. So for this part, what you actually do is make a list of all like the common classroom issues that you see and then actually write out what am I going to say? How am I going to handle each one of those? And as I said, don't forget to include a catch-all phrase for things that you didn't plan for. I hope that this walking through is really helpful for you and that you're starting to see how valuable this can be. Because imagine starting next year with this type of plan. And it doesn't have to take that long to put together. You could put this together in one day if you sat down and do it, or you could spread it out and do it just like an hour here or there. Um, And you will be so much more prepared. Um, You will come in there confident. You'll know how to handle issues. And when when you handle issues consistently, starting the first day 
day of school, something magical happens. Students really respond to that. Um, it is really really amazing. If you've never experienced that, I'm wishing it for you. And you really can if you if you put together a plan like this. So if you're saying, Linda, this sounds great, but I feel like I don't I don't know what to put down on that plan. I, I know I need a plan, but I don't really know what to put on it. And honestly, that's why I didn't have a plan my first year. I had been told I needed a plan, but I, I don't know. I just got lost. I, I was spending time on other things. But if I'm really honest looking back, I, I think I didn't make a plan because I didn't know what to put on it. <laughs> so if that's where you are, if you're like, ah, I, this sounds really great, but I don't know I don't know what to put down for a lot of this stuff. That is why we're having this class starting in July called Your Smooth Running Class. It's going to be six weeks. It starts in July. We will walk you through each of these. We'll have a training that will give you all these tips and helps, and then you will have access to mentors where if you say, I don't know what to do with this, you can ask your specific questions about your specific situation. Uh, You can say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And we will give you feedback. So we're so excited to help you guys with that in your smooth running class. Um, You can get details and sign up at teachfortheheart.com slash plan. Teachfortheheart.com slash plan. It doesn't start till July 1st, but we really recommend going ahead and signing up, getting your spot saved, and then you can take the month of June to relax and know that you're all signed up and ready to go starting in July. So once again, you can get the details at teachfortheheart.com slash plan. All right, we're so excited that we were able to share this with you, but let's take just a moment and pray before we finish up. Father, thank you that you are with us. Thank you for all the help you've given to these teachers getting to this point in the school year where the end is in sight. I pray you'll help them to have strength and energy to finish this year strong. And if classroom management has been a struggle for them, Father, I pray that you will guide them this summer as they replan, give them a restful June where they can take some time off to just rest and refresh, and then help them as they start thinking about back to school that you will um, give them the tools and the strength they need. If your smooth running class would be a program that would be helpful for them, I pray that you'll make that clear to them and just guide them to the answers and the solutions they need. Thank you that you are with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So once again, if you'd like more info about your smooth running class where we help you create your classroom management plan, you can head to teachfortheheart.com slash plan. And of course, all the notes and links from this episode are at teachfortheheart.com slash 186. Thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.